Hi, Jay. Hey, Michelle. How is it going? It's going. It's been a day. But we had a really fast turnaround on our last episode, and that was pretty awesome. That was awesome, but also kind of stressful. But maybe for you, not for me. <laughs> yeah, it actually wasn't very stressful for me. I had it like I set aside Monday night to just listen to it and edit it. And I don't mind editing. Like I honestly folded laundry while editing because you just have to kind of listen. And then if you hear something that sounds weird, you like stop, go back, edit it, and then hit play again and keep going. So like I could I could listen while passively folding laundry, if that makes sense. So oh, yeah, I didn't find it that stressful. Okay. I was fine with it. But when I was listening. Um, and then when I listened to our episode today, cause it just dropped today and we're recording again today, which is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> I have a correction corner in the last episode. You said that I did CrossFit, but I didn't do CrossFit. I did orange theory. Um, oh, my bad. it's my okay. Bad. I'm just, I'm just setting the record straight. So people don't get confused. Because when we talked about like cults and stuff, I know we like touched on CrossFit and Orange Theory. Um, I did have a personal trainer at one point, but yeah, that was that one. And then the moral compass with food, because I said like sugar doesn't have a moral compass, Janine. And then I wanted to explain that a little bit more because like (laughs) when people assign the moral compass about sugar. (laughs) well because like when people say something's good or bad you're assigning it a moral like it doesn't like we have morals that's just not how food is food just exists every food serves a purpose to us Mm -hmm. does that make sense it does plus it's a food how can food have morals exactly (laughs) but so like that's like one of the problems with diets is that people like assign a moral compass to food it's good for you it's bad for you like no all food serves a purpose i freaking love donuts i will eat donuts every day i mean i don't because i don't want them every day but when i want them i'm going to eat it and i'm going to enjoy it and i'm not going to have guilt associated with eating this delicious thing because at that point it's filling like my craving for sugar but it's also like feeling filling my soul with goodness you know what i mean yeah yeah I, I so do all, know what you mean. All food serves a purpose. And I've had conversations with people who are still very much on the, in the whole diet culture yeah. thing. Uh, they're doing the keto. Okay. Have been mm-hmm. for years. And, um, and I'm always just like, man, wouldn't it be nice if you could just have some ice cream, you know, like, wouldn't that be awesome? And, and they're just like, nah, I, I've had those foods before. I don't see the point in eating them, you know, right now. And I'm like, well, I see a point. Like, I still well, want to eat and, ice cream. And so. it's fine if that person doesn't want to eat ice cream, as long as they don't make you feel guilty for having ice cream. Like, we also talked about mm-hmm. how food is, like, really... Uh, like, it's, it's a really, like, personal thing. You can make choices yes. for yourself without affecting anyone else's food choices and so I think that that's like one of those scenarios like you do you boo whatever you want to do I'll support you like Robert um had some sort of diet that he was trying to do but it was for him so I was just like you do you bro like that's on you not on like 
as long as you're not telling me I need to go on a diet, because if you do that, that's where you've crossed a line. That's the problem, right? That yeah. that would be, yeah. Yeah, but if you want to go on a diet, I am here to support you to do whatever you want to do, just like I would expect the same from him. So anyway. Right, right. Yeah, there were, there were some thoughts I had. I listened to our episode again today. So I've listened to our last episode. I listened to it three times. When we recorded it, when I edited it, and then, oh, I guess technically then I kind of went back through it again quickly. I just skipped mm-hmm. to some parts to come up with the title mm-hmm. yesterday. And then I listened to it again today when it came out. So f- three and a hey, half times. What do you think about that artwork? <laughs> <laughs> did you appreciate it as much as I did because I had a lot of fun making that and um, I hope I felt like it visually captured how I felt (laughs) yes I could have I could have done a much more graphic placenta picture I'm glad you did I was grossed out so I was like I'm just gonna do a black one so you can kind of visualize yes yes we get the idea and like (laughs) if your kids saw it or something you could tell them it was something else that's fine no big deal you'd be like oh it's just a little alien dude it's fine yeah it's fine don't worry about it it's not Mm -hmm. like real life no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah we went through the whole timeline about diets dieting and all of that um so now today we're going to talk about diet culture um how to know if something's diet culture signs you're playing into diet culture fat phobia and obesity and then the health at every size movement i think oh and then how to fight diet culture Okay. Those are all of the things okay. that I have. I'm also going to try really hard not to say um, because there were so many ums when I was ep- editing. And if you saw our story, like I literally could start identifying it by shape and that's terrible. I was like, oh, there's an um coming up. Oh, yep. There it sure was. Delete. Let's <laughs> <laughs> make the editing processor uh, processing better. Though. It, it like, does make it easier. way easier. Yeah. yeah. It would be easier if I never said person. it. <laughs> I am a visual person um, and I find patterns. I just, I love to find patterns. So if I can find that mm-hmm. shape, then I know. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> yes. Okay. And you're out for a little bit. It's fine. We did. We, we got into a little tism, a little tism topic. Tism topic. <laughs> topic. Tism topic. Say that 80 tism times fast. Tis- I can't even say it once. <laughs> I can't even do it. Tism <laughs> topic. There, I did it. Woo! I liked it. All right. So you want to hear about how you can tell if something is a part of diet culture? Yeah, I do because I'm I'm intrigued now. Yeah. You got me intrigued. I I'm really hoping that you and our listeners are able to start identifying diet culture. Like that's really my goal. So you don't have to do anything about it. I just want you to hear the little things because it's one of those things that can't be unheard like once you see it you can't unsee it okay so you want to look for alternate words that mean dieting such as clean eating detox a reset etc all of those things are diet culture words if you are restricting your food intake if you are 
restricting certain food groups or staying away from certain food groups, then you're having a restriction mentality. So that's problematic. If there's anything where you have to track your food, so like tracking calories, macros, points, any of that, that is definitely diet culture because again, you're restricting food. Right, right, yeah. So it's the it's the whole restrictive, like measure, like the whole restriction. Yeah, creates is is a part of the diet culture. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that's like the good summary. Like anytime we we're saying, oh no, I can't have that, unless you're allergic or there's a medical reason why you cannot. You know, if you're diabetic, that's different. You have a medical condition that prevents you or requires you to be restrictive on sugar or be very mindful of what sugar and what your glucose intake is, that's different than just being an average individual who says, I can't have a donut because I will be fat or, you know what I mean? It'll make me gain weight or something stupid like that. (laughs) Another one is joyless movement. So exercise is a way to burn calories. Movement? Joyless movement. Yeah. As just a way to burn calories. Yeah. Okay. You work out okay. as either a punishment for your what you ate or as a way to earn foods. If you see that happening, that's problematic. Food rules. So restricting when you eat, restricting how much you eat or what you eat. We kind of already talked about that. Food labeling good, bad, healthy versus unhealthy, clean versus processed. That all fits into diet culture. Okay. And then if something is body focused, so it it focuses on someone's weight, shape, or size, then it's diet culture. So even when you talk about people being pear-shaped or apple-shaped, you know, that was never really seen as a negative thing, but it's problematic because you're still trying to fit into a mold. So if someone's not okay. apple shaped or pear shaped, then okay. they're trying to fit into being one of those. And that's not fair. We all have individual bodies. That's all totally of our bodies are completely right. different and unique, completely different. And we shouldn't have any types based on what's, you know, what the majority of people might look like. And why the fuck is it? Why is it fruit shaped anyway? That's stupid. <laughs> Well, and like, they always try to say like how to dress if you're apple shaped, like, how about you dress however you feel comfortable? How about that? If you want to wear tight clothes, wear tight clothes. If you want to wear loose clothes, wear loose clothes. Who gives a flying fuck as far as I'm concerned? Wear what you feel comfortable in. Because if you feel comfortable, you're more likely to be yourself. That's kind of how I think about it. I might have to take off my shirt or my sweatshirt because I'm hot. I'm not... <laughs> oh, Michelle's getting naked. She's... But I'm not. Woo! She's taking her titties out. She took she took our uh, advice from <laughs> the last episode. She put her Except for I'm not a zoom mullet. I'm like all, I'm wearing no bra, but I have pants on and a blanket. It's fine. I'm doing the opposite of a zoom mullet. All right. And I am wearing pants today. Not that anybody cares, but just (laughs) congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. I got dressed. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So signs that you may be playing into diet culture, you label foods. So we talked about that in the diet culture giveaways. 
just start noticing the people around you who label foods and how you might label foods. You guys, I'm really sorry. I can't, I can't control that noise. Um, Is that your neighbor upstairs? They're, they're renovating the apartment above us. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they're redoing the floors today. And so they're literally hammering the fucking floors down right now. And even with soundproofing, you would still be able to hear that. So I, I apologize, listeners. Is that right? I wish there was a way we could like isolate it. They should be it fucking it done. Out. It's seven o'clock. Go say. home. I'm recording a podcast. You're bothering me. All day. It's like, how can I fucking work all day long? Okay. All right. So we're going to move past it. If we hear some light right. tapping. It's just Janine's neighbors. She is. can't help it. It's my... um, so yeah, signs you might be playing into diet culture. Food labels, like we talked about, but also noticing when you use food labels, like just in general, because it's kind of been ingrained in us for so long. It, it would be interesting yeah. to start identifying when you start to say it and identifying when people around you start to say it. Okay. Since I've started paying attention, I've... Go ahead. Would that be like if I got like a packaged food item, it would be like paying attention to the food label on the back, like looking at the calorie intake and all that kind of stuff? Is that what you're talking about when you say... No, I'm saying like, does the food label say sugar-free or healthy or good for you? On the packaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So the labeling of food. So make basically marketing, she's not referring to the, uh, yeah, the actual actual caloric, like, and the nutritional information that we learned was added in the nineties. So yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Um, but also like when someone else says, oh, that's really bad for you or, oh, that food's bad for that food's healthy, that food's unhealthy, that food isn't a clean, it's not good for me. Like those types of things. You want to listen for people saying those things. Oh, that's like my family. My whole fucking family says shit like mm-hmm. that all the time. I all the time. hear it a lot. I hear it mostly from women. No lie. Hmm. So I also hear it from my family a lot. Even my dad this weekend was like, I don't remember what it was. It was like, well, that's not very good for you. And I was like, I don't really care if it's good for me. That's what I want to eat right now. The end. Yeah. Like, and he wasn't saying it. Period. Yeah. But like, he wasn't saying it to be malicious. It was just like making a comment. He's not directing it at me. He would say that, like, that's what his internal thinking is when he looks at that food item. Well, that food item isn't good for me. Okay. How about you just look at the food item and be like, do I want that? No, I can pass. Yeah. Okay. I want it. Like just make a decision for yourself. Right, right, right. But not necessarily have to like say it out loud. Like, oh, that's not a good thing to eat. You know? Right. Because if you keep that to yourselves. Okay. Well, and if your body's craving it, maybe you should have some. (laughs) Give in to your urges. If your intuition is telling you to eat the donuts, eat the eat donuts. the donuts. Maybe not I don't know, but cup. maybe don't eat a cart full of them because yeah, I don't think that's like, like 
feel like you might like, feel but at some point that that it's got to make you feel sick. Like at some point that has to make your body um, not feel, like feel good. After like two, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling super sick right now. I don't know why I had the second donut. You know. Well, I mean? and I feel like yeah. like that's where like the body tells you. Like it's like, okay, I've had enough, and so the people who might keep eating, they're just not in tune with what their body really is feeling. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. You know, like binge eating, they're doing that because they've been restricting themselves for so long because they've been told that I can't do this or they've been feeling like they can't have this. So, oh my God, I'm guilty. So, and I'm doing this bad thing. I'm going to keep doing this bad thing for as long as I can. And then I'll feel guilty about it. And then... I'll punish myself or feel guilty, which affects your mental health and your totally. self-image. And totally. then it's just this cycle. And you're spi- you like spiral out of control and all these intrusive thoughts just come in your head like more so than already. But I don't know. Yeah. I have intrusive thoughts constantly. So that's, you know, um, but yeah, when it comes to eating, that's always been, that's always been an issue for me also. It's like, you know, being like, oh, I, I want to go to like the other day we, um, I went, Ben and I went to steak and shake and I know I was thinking the whole fucking time, like, okay, Janine, you're going to get a shake and fries and a burger. And like, all of this is a lot of calories and it's going to be so delicious, but it's, but, uh, but I'm just like programmed and I'm just like, that's, it's not good for you, but I wanted, to, but I'm like, but I want to eat it. So yeah, I'm do it anyway. And, it well, and so it's guilty, but it's just good. like, that came up though when I was in the line when I was ordering the food you know like yeah okay so no and I think like it it comes down to that okay but so I think the difference is when you eat something in maybe like a gluttonous kind of feeling like where I'm gonna have and I'm just using your phrasing even though this isn't what how you and meant it but like i'm gonna have all these i'm gonna have this the shake and these fries and these burger and it's gonna be so good so i have to eat all of it like that is a fright I, I that's not how you thought i'm just oh, taking okay. it I and, was like, and yeah no you were i got I didn't what you even were finish saying the shake that's what i'm saying like i didn't even but then yeah but the difference is like saying that and like associating that like guilt and then like saying it and be like, yeah, I'm going to do this and it's going to be good, but I'm going to listen to my body cues, which is one of the, like, one of the signs that you're playing into diet culture is by ignoring your body cues. So if you ignore that urge to stop, you're full, you don't want any more, you don't need any more, you're satisfied, you can stop. Like that is a different mentality than that like weird example I had where it's like, I have to eat all of it. Nom, 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 nom. I'm the cookie monster. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Another sign is associating worth with what or how you eat. So do you associate your worth to the foods that you eat? I have, I mean, I have a lot. Yeah, I have before too. And so that's a sign that we're playing into diet culture. I don't also, know if still do. But. It's just something to be aware of, I think. Yeah. You, you like no one is perfect. So I think it's something you have to say. This is a sign of that I'm playing into diet culture. 
is this something that I want to do, which is a yes or a no. You know, for me, the answer is a no, but that doesn't mean that everyone's answer needs to be no. That might be what someone wants. They want to be on a diet. They want to lose weight. So if that's what their goal is, then sure, that's fine. Everybody's allowed to do what they want to do. But I think it's important that you learn to look at the cues so that when you're done and you don't want to be on a diet anymore, you can disassociate from it. Ooh, disassociation. So good. (laughs) (laughs) I love disassociating. Disassociating is pretty good. (laughs) Pretty pretty good. Yes. Uh, Having food rules, food anxiety, food guilt. We talked about those two, like anxious about the food you're eating and how it's going to affect your diet, like your actual diet of eating to lose weight, as well as like, yeah, feeling guilty for foods you may have eaten or splurges or that cheat meal or whatever. Which isn't cheat meal in a in a in the phrasing, isn't that just a part of the whole diet culture thing anyway? It is. Yeah. That was that could be an alternate like word. I think we talked about it at the beginning of last episode. Yeah. Of we, we talked yeah. about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. If time. you're having a cheat yeah. meal, then that means you're restricting food every other day. Right. Like right. no food should so be off limits. It's an un- yeah. It's an unhealthy pattern that's being created because of it's an unhealthy relationship with foods. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so I guess what, what we could say is we need to reframe our mindset to have a healthy relationship with food and our body again, in yes. order to kind of get, get through this whole like diet culture like thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I can actually go through these quicker and we can go into that because that's a lot of the health of every size movement and that body positivity. I don't have a lot about body positivity, but the health at every size, that's it too. It's the whole idea is to restructure how you think about food okay. and not necessarily in like a food fuels me because that's not necessarily good either. Right. It's just, what does your body want? For example, tonight, the other night I was having vodka and beer tonight. I'm just really thirsty for some water. So I'm drinking a ton of water, but I'm not drinking it because I haven't had my eight ounces of water or eight glasses of water for that. I'm just thirsty and I want water period. Yeah. Earlier today, I wanted iced tea. So I had some iced tea. Like it's just following your, your own bodily cues. Right. Uh, okay. Associating worth with how you look, equating thinness with health. So I actually really, I'm not going to read through this one quickly. I'm going to elaborate because I used to say Mm -hmm. the opposite of fat isn't skinny. The opposite of fat is healthy. I used to think that. Mm -hmm. And that is a big no, no, nope. Nope. I was wrong. I can tell you that when I was the skinniest I've ever been in my life, I was the most unhealthy I have ever been. And I was addicted to cocaine. So good times. Yeah. So that doesn't, being skinny does not mean that. Exactly. You're, so we'll talk about that when we get into health, the health at every size. Okay. Is that what your body looks like on the outside does not indicate how your body looks on the inside. On the inside, right? And how yeah. it's functioning and all that. Exactly. And it also 
like, so I want to, you know, I, I've known people who have had, who have been like tiny, tiny, skinny little rails. Right. And they just eat like, they just crap they just food. Crap food. And so I'm oh, like, Oh God, we just, myself, we're so bad. They ingest a lot of food. But, so <laughs> we're, 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 we're talking about diet yeah. culture and we're using diet culture terminology right into, now. Yes. Um, but I, I would always just in the past, I would always like think to myself oh my god i wonder what their arteries look like you know Be, like yeah even though they're tiny like and skinny on the outside i wonder what their insides look like and so i but on the i've contrary, had those thoughts on the contrary to that though is that there might be someone who is super thin but maybe has some sort of iron deficiency or something right. that will cause yeah. them to need to eat more meat than say you or I might need to meet. Where if we have that much red meat, you know, we see negative health effects, but if they have that much meat, they are seeing positive health effects because of how their body. And so I think, I think that's actually plays out pretty well because it shows how you cannot freaking judge somebody because you don't know what's going on. You have no idea what's going on. Right. So that person who could eat really crappy, quote unquote, we don't know if they were eating crappy like because we can't define what crappy is right i was probably just jealous also to be honest (laughs) right no i completely agree to to be completely honest so i listen to that too start catching yourself thinking like that and watching other people think like that i notice it with people around me who yeah judge how other people look or act or what they choose how they make their choices and it's really funny to see what it says about the person who made the comment rather and than not about than the person the they're person talking about. That's right. Yeah. And I makes me wonder now if, um, so looking at pictures of your own self, right. And like back in different stages, because our bodies change constantly and just like, I, I caught myself recently, like looking back at pictures from like even last year or like 2020 when I was like in incredible shape and I was boxing and I can, you can just see how much your body changes, you know, when you're, Mm -hmm. when you're working out more versus when I'm not really working out, but I'm eating the same types of stuff, right? Like even when I was working out, I wasn't limiting what I was eating. Oh, that's not true. I was tracking my food. So I was, yeah, you were tracking your macros. I was, I was tracking my macros. Um, and like tracking my exercise and all that shit. And now I'm just like, eh, I move when I want to move. And um, well, you, you- and I think you can there. I think there's still something to be said about getting into a funk. So when I hike or take walks regularly, I feel good. Great. Yeah. But I get my depression wins or my. Yep desire to be not move and it yeah it wins sometimes and it's not because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how to describe it when we got back from vacation we had been walking so much I was like sitting on the couch and I was antsy I was like I'm gonna go take Marvin for a walk like I just was so antsy I needed to move because you were used and it was only that. like a half mile walk you know it's nothing big but I was just like I need to move and then of course we got back and I've been a little lazy and I need to get back. But so I. Is it, I 
isn't calling yourself lazy a part of diet culture too a little bit? Yes, except I don't feel guilty about being lazy. Ah, see, I don't either. Uh, yeah, I'm just using lazy. It. Okay. I'm using lazy as a word to describe my actions, but I have no negative feelings about being your, lazy. Your feelings are or like guilt. my body needs this and I'm yeah. going to rest and recharge because this is what my I body I can't needs wait till I can get back to walking because I know how good it makes me feel, but I don't feel bad for not getting there right now. Okay. Okay. So that that makes a, a difference when you think about um the terminology and like how you are feeling. Well, about... and it's the terminology and context that I think that is most important. Well, context is important in any uh, aspect, right? Of yeah, that's true. Right? Well, because you could say like uh, that milkshake is bad for me, but maybe you're that's not saying it. And so well, good. and maybe you're not saying it in terms of it's unhealthy or, but maybe it's like, oh, that's bad for me because it makes my stomach super upset or it, it makes me really gassy or uh, right, like, like it I'm, could be bad. I'm lactose yeah. intolerant. Yeah, like uh, it so could be I bad. Be having Yes. Okay. So it could be bad okay. for you. It's all about the connotation and the context right. in which right. that word is used. If it's right. bad for me and I have it and it's going to say less about who I am, then that's problematic. Right. Because the food that we eat shouldn't determine <laughs> our worth at all. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You're getting it. We're, we're I'm getting, getting it. it. I'm getting it. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Um, exercise for punishment is a sign you might be playing Ooh. into diet culture. So if you Ooh. feel that exercise is going to, I, earn... I don't personally do that. But I, I know a lot people. of people do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Complimenting someone for their weight loss. Ooh. Oh, this is I a just, huge you, one. Actually, you just sent me that, uh, you sent me a TikTok, and I believe it was a podcaster who was, um, who is talking about this same thing where people will always comment when somebody oh, yeah. loses weight and they'll be like, Oh my God, you look so good. What have you been doing? But then if that same person were to gain weight, they would be like, Oh, is something wrong? Are like, you what's, okay? What's the matter? Yeah. Are you okay? Yes. So you know, she, yeah, she is one of my favorite TikTok people. She's such, she's so cute and adorable. Like I just love her. Um, she's a fitness instructor like a personal trainer and she mm. provides like personal training classes but she's also like her body positivity is like off the charts i recommend following her for sure um let me find her handle katie orlick yes her handle is at underscore e-o-f-i-t e-o fit yep she's fabulous she'll have body positivity videos she'll have um training videos about mm -hmm. weightlifting and You're she'll right, even she do form certified mm -hmm. i can see that she's a certified personal trainer yeah you can submit form checks to her and she'll give you pointers on some of your forms at the gym it's just awesome. She's adorable. If you're going to be working out, you should do it the correct way, right? Like there's nothing right. worse, in my opinion, than I see people at the gym and they're doing it the wrong way. And I'm just like, oh my God, you're going to have so many, you're going to cause- You're creating so more problems. Body. Yeah. yeah. Although she also will 
um, talk about some myths, like your knees not going over your toes. Apparently, mm-hmm. I don't fully understand this That's, one yet. And I have been, I've just came across this trend also um, for my my gym boys. I, yes. know, I create content for them. And so I, I was looking somewhere and I saw um, other form videos about doing squats. I feel like it was an account called Squats, Squat University and they do um, form videos for squats. And they were talking about like, oh, your, your knees could go over your toes, but I didn't really get into it because I've always thought and you your know knee- that you're supposed yes. to put your butt back, right? And your knees are not supposed to go over your toes. But perhaps it's with weightlifting. Like I feel like maybe it's with because I don't squat with weight. I'm not like a a lifter. I don't actually like weightlifting, to be honest with you guys. I'm you know, I like rowing. That's not and joyful. Walking. That's not joyful movement. For it's you. not joyful. And there you I go. swimming. Um paddleboard. I love paddleboarding, man. I if I could get on the water and row, that would be that's the most joyful that I feel. That's that's joyful right there. Just I love weightlifting. But that's something I do in the winter months when it gets darker earlier. So I'll go, I'll come home, hang out with Marv. Robert goes to sleep pretty early. So then I usually will pop back out and go to the gym uh, because I, I just like them. Like my body likes to move. I don't like to be sedentary for too long. So I just need to be able to move my body, but I don't care about. Yeah. But so I do care about form and yeah, I haven't explored more. Nathan's talked a little bit about it. Um, Nathan, you met Nathan. Oh, yeah, I bet Nathan, he, I'm sure Nathan knows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a power lifter, so he knows uh-huh. a bunch. And so he, we talk about it when we're at the gym, but I, I have to ask him more to fully understand. And when I do, I'll bring it back Why? to you. Okay. Yeah. I'll let right, you know. Thanks. Uh, okay. but yeah, you realize when people make compliments about the way you look, it's problematic in multiple ways. One of the ways mm. is you don't know what that person's history is. And so complimenting their size could be super problematic if totally. they're struggling with an eating disorder right? or any sort maybe of disordered eating maybe or maybe they... body dysmorphia. Exactly. Right. You just, right. it's, it's just best to focus on things, compliments that people have control over. So you compliment- right something that someone actively put effort into right so clothing if you is a safe ju- bet right yes clothing, i love your shirt your shirt is adorable Ador- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Hair, i really like your I'll, hair I'll, today yeah, exactly you yeah. made a choice to put that thing on right. you can compliment right. that but to right. say you look really good in that shirt no it, yeah. it's, it, that's borderline I, I can i can totally totally see where the negative like where the negative connotation comes in that um, yeah and like looking back at like the clothing that i have and like even me thinking like oh is this going to look good for my specific body type because it is a challenge for me to find clothes yes because i have ginormous boobs and like i have to special order all my bras all of them and a tiny them. waist like yeah it's 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 whatever my so my my around where my rib cage is is still a it's a 37 right i'm so i'm in between a 36 and a 38 so i usually get a i usually get a 38 and then just make it like as tight yeah. as possible yeah yeah um Ooh. i have a side note on bra sizes keep going though oh yeah um so that's like always been a challenge to me and then like everybody everybody always has said to me like recently right when i'm just like 
I still have this thought that I'm just like a really big person. Like I'm just mm-hmm. like so much bigger than like a lot of people. And like my cousin's wife actually just said to me the other day, she's like, no, Janine, you just have incredibly big tits. Like that your, yes. your legs are tiny. Like your, your, like, your legs are very tiny. And I feel like if you took your boobs away, your bone structure is very petite. You definitely have a French yes. bone structure. Right. Right. So if I, if I decide to get a breast reduction surgery, which I have been toying with the idea of this for years, for years and years, um, you know, I don't know if that would make me happy though. And that's honestly why I haven't done it because I don't have, I don't have back, I, you know, I don't have back problems. I don't have anything like that. People are always like, oh my God, doesn't your back hurt? I'm like, no, because I have a really strong core and I've been, I worked yeah. on that. So that I don't. <laughs> They've have been issues. there since you hit puberty. So um, I was thirteen when these babies popped up. Mm-hmm. All right, I was a C cup at, in eighth grade and got made fun of by all the boys, all of them. And that was I'm like, what? Boys are so dumb. Like I know I'm sidetracking, but why they think it's like not, they're like mean to you, and that means they like you? What? No, so that's fucked up. I I don't. Yeah, I don't we need to stop this. our kids from thinking that way. I don't like that. If someone's like an that. asshole, don't give them the gratification of your attention. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, okay, so, so the thing about bra? bra size is is that those three, because your body changes so much, day yeah. to day, and bloating, like yeah. kind of how we talked about last yeah. time, how your body yeah. can just change and it can gain weight and lose weight excuse me based on wherever literally it is in, in your... one day in one yeah. day i can so that's why yeah. they have the three different options on bras it's because oh, the three you're snaps. about yeah you're about this size but you can go a little bit looser or a little bit tighter based on what your body what is your... that day yeah is that i never oh, thought about that that's... that way it was so interesting oh that is awesome i really like that now actually me too now, yeah, that makes a lot more That's sense. That's like a piece of you're... women's clothing where they actually did something positive by allowing I our... Like, I feel like women started designing bras too. Like I, You because... know, I'm not going to take away credit from a man. Whoever designed the bra thought about this or whoever put that three okay. snap si- or that three yeah. clasp system in right. thought about it. And that is women's clothes that was designed for a woman. Yes. So I think we just take <clears throat> the win, us, no matter who the designer is. Give us some pockets. Can we talk about pockets on everything? Yeah, please. Okay, While yes. we're at it, can we? While we're at get it, pockets can we get some and, pockets? And can we just measure our waist with inches instead of these arbitrary numbers that mean nothing? That'd be great. Right. Okay. And oh, can we? Are we going to talk about that? Because the, let's just let's just for a quick sec, since we're talking about diet culture. When you go to buy clothes, how fucked up is it that literally every store you go to? The sizes are not the same size. I haven't, I have a picture someplace. It's in my Instagram. And it is when I had two of the same size jeans mm. and mm-hmm. I compared them to each other and they were like in at least an inch and a half off in size, but they were the same. I think they were both like the size same. 16 or 18 or the whatever. Same size, yeah, right. they were technically the same size, but they were not the same size which is yeah it's so so messed that's why we just need if we could all just call ourselves 36s or 32s like men do 
Right. Then, or like in Europe, in Europe, that's the size chart is they do it by your waist size. They don't come up with these stupid fucking numbers. Like, numbers that are oh, arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to try to find right, this. So that was that was a tangent, but I not think this really. tangent is it totally appropriate. It relates. It, it fits. It totally fits. Back yeah. to our signs that we're playing into diet culture. Complementing weight loss. We talked about that. Avoiding uh-huh. social situations because of food. <gasps> right? How many times I've never thought about it, but I've I, I've yeah, I've totally experienced this. Oh my god, yeah. Now that I now that you put that in my mind, I'm like thinking back because of food. Was it or or maybe I just it maybe I just didn't eat. Like if I went to a networking event or something like that and it had food there, yeah, I just didn't eat. Or like mm-hmm. I would serve myself, but then I would get but then also, you have to factor in that I get super distracted, especially when I'm around all the people and all the noises and all the things. So sometimes and you so forget to eat. I for, honestly yeah. forget to eat. Yeah. And it's not it's but not like a conscious decision. There but, was yes. an, I was at a meeting at the county board and this is like when I was really into like orange theory and trying to lose weight and stuff like that. And I was I put that I was so proud of myself using quotes because I said no to the cookie tray. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. 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 Even said no to some donuts one time when I was in Columbus for a meeting. And yeah. Yeah. That was irritating as fuck. I love donuts. I don't know why I did that. Anyway. um, So if I were to do, if someone is avoiding those situations, I don't uh, know why I did that. <laughs> go back that and, was really dumb. Go back and go back and slap that that version of you. Okay, don't right? eat that donut. Um, don't worry, I'll make up for it by eating a donut tomorrow. Okay, good. Letting the scale a... dictate your happiness. Oh, I don't. Yeah, even, I, don't I, I think we've all been on myself. that. No. Yeah, I think we've all been there. We've all experienced that. Allowing the food label to give you permission to eat. So, looking at the actual oh. nutrition label. To I say, know, yes, I can like, eat that. No, I can't. Oh, it has enough protein and fiber. I can get it. Oh, no, it has this. too many added sugars. Yeah, I don't really look at that shit, honestly. Right? But I stopped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Feeling the need to justify your eating. Oh, I worked really, really hard yesterday. So, of course, I'm more hungry today. No, just, just follow your just ebbs eat. and flows. Just do it, man. Okay. Yeah. Follow your and then, that's a, Very good. Ebbs and flows. Because you're right. It's like every day is not going to be the same. Your body is going to feel different ways and is going to need and crave different things. Based yeah, on what like there are some days where I could skip lunch and I'll be fine. And there are yeah. other days where I want to eat breakfast, snack, mm-hmm. snack, lunch, mm-hmm. snack, 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 dinner, snack, snack, dinner. snack, snack. Yep. Like, yep. I just want to yep. continuously eat. Yep. Um, uh, Samesies. Um, there's days where I don't eat. I usually don't eat breakfast. I usually just drink a lot of coffee. But some days I'll wake up and I'm just so hungry that, that I you have to want eat food. Breakfast. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Follow what your body wants. So then I do. I'm like, I'm gonna make myself some waffles and I'm gonna put exactly. some peanut butter and some fucking fake sugar syrup on it. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's right. Because although, so one thing that I learned from diet culture that I keep is putting honey on it instead of sugar, but I oh, love I honey or I instead, of, love honey. instead of syrup, sorry, instead of syrup. honey, instead of yes. syrup, 
But yes. honestly, they both have this, like, they both I have like sugar, so, but like, totally. I prefer honey, but it's, it, yes. it used to be because of dietary reasons. Now it's just right. because I really because like it's... honey. And I also use honey, but I ran out of the honey. Mm-hmm. So I have the cheap sugar syrup. And so I'll use that just to like, yeah get a little sugary but that's like one of those things where it's okay if you just prefer like the other thing i really prefer they call it nice cream you know like the fake ice cream Uh, i love real ice cream but i also love frozen bananas peanut butter with some milk in a blender that's also delicious it is it is delicious so i'm fine with eating either one And the last reason or the last sign that you might be playing into diet culture is believing that you have to take a supplement for your health. Hmm. So if you think that you have to take a supplement, like the collagen craze that's going around right now, that is a piece of crap and actually has no bearing whatsoever. Yeah. Um, No research behind it. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you believe that, then you're again using external factors to justify your what you're doing so fat phobia and the obesity epidemic so the two origins of and stigmatizing weight is uh early evolutionary biologists in the turn of the 19th century noted that people who had more fat on their bodies were women and people of color and other groups that were being demonized at the time therefore being skinny was seen as a superiority Mm. so when they were doing a lot of research they were saying you know women have bigger bodies people of color have bigger bodies and they were naturally seen by the population as being less than does that make sense so they weren't stigmatizing them specifically but the people who are already being stigmatized were being associated with having Just larger bodies. To be... Yes. Right. And right. and right. uh biologists were making notes of that. So they were essentially saying, if you're a woman, you're gonna be bigger. Well, and the way how the world worked at that time, men were seen as the superior of our species. So mm-hmm. naturally that is seen as a bad thing. Right. And then without so being explicitly said. It's funny to me because back, if you go back into um, the Renaissance era, um, where when royalty was, you know, a thing, it was like usually it was the opposite. Where if yeah, you were, like if you if you if had you were bigger lighter skin, and pale, yeah, uh huh, yeah, if you were fat and pale, that meant you had money, and if you were darker skin and skinny that meant that you were toiling outside in the sun that means that you were a worker and you were constantly in the sun yep Yep. Yep. doing work you couldn't afford a lot of food yeah where if you were pale skinned and fat it meant you didn't have to do work you could stay inside all the time and you could be as gluttonous as you wanted yeah i know it it is really interesting how the times kind of go through it changes yeah so this is another big one. This is the kind of the start of BMI. So the life insurance okay. industry, you know, oh, their main goal. Yeah, their main goal is to, they want to insure people who are going to live the longest because they get more right. money if their right. clients live longer. 
right? So you're paying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you're paying more to them the longer you live. You know, every right. whatever's every month you pay to them, you pay a premium. Yes. Yep. Or whatever yearly, whatever yep. you pay. So the more time you have on this earth, the more you're paying them. Correct. They conducted a research study. They determined that in white, wealthy, middle-aged men. So that's the only group they looked at. It is the larger bodied men who seem to die sooner. Hmm. So they're like, oh, okay. I think probably because those were the only people who were getting life insurance policies at the time. That's going to be my guess. Wealthy, white, white, middle-aged men. Yeah. I mean, why would a woman get a life insurance policy? But again, (laughs) who was, who was supporting her in doing that? It it just, the times, the times were different. The times, they're changing. The times are changing. So they shared this information with doctors who in turn told people that losing weight and being skinny were a way of reducing health risks when reality it was about reducing monetary risks for the insurance companies oh yes always got something and the studies relied on measuring bmi or body mass index and so that's where the whole that's where that's where doctors associating a higher bmi with a negative health started isn't that crazy it all started because of fucking capitalism does this does do you have a date for when like this research was going down when insurance companies were were when the bmi was actually like being used i'm gonna try to look to see when this life insurance thing happened i have the actual when it was when the bmi was discovered okay well so when was bmi discovered bmi was discovered in the 1830s as a statistical exercise by an astronomer weird okay (laughs) as a statistical exercise by an astronomer that's Uh uh-huh so yeah the person who invented it wasn't even a physician even a doctor yeah Mm -mm. i don't have a date for that okay well so maybe we can just uh maybe assume that it was perhaps early 1900s or like uh, maybe 1950s. Yeah, I think so we'd be able to find it in this book called Anti-Diet, Reclaim Your Time, Money, Well-Being, and Happiness Through Intuitive Eating Um, because this article quotes a lot of Christy Harrison. So it was originally designed for populations. So you take the population to see what their standard body mass index was so it's more a way to look at a group of people um and their sizes kind of like yeah but not but it was never intended to to define health so it was just a way so a bmi is a person's weight in kilograms divided by the square height in meters so again that doesn't even fucking make Mm -hmm. sense um, um so it was just well, a way to metric, look so yeah but no but i mean like why would you square your why, why are you squaring the height what does that do what's the point in that like it's just like saying like well i'm gonna tell you janine that to find my favorite number you're gonna take the measurement of my <laughs> right hand divided by yeah 
two times the width <laughs> of my left hand. Yeah. That cool. is the best number of the cool. world. Period. That's like it doesn't number. have any scientific okay. evidence to show There's, why so that number means anything. Does that, right. you know what I mean? Like it, it's just totally, an arbitrary number. It does. That's why I've personally never understood the whole BMI thing. Cause I'm like, I, I what, what, like what, how, how does you take those two numbers and how does that equal the number, you know, and then they come up with arbitrary numbers on the BMI yeah. chart. Right. Well, so Which here, is- so it, it categorizes people as either underweight, normal or healthy weight. Yeah. Or yep. an overweight yep. or obese. Overweight so or obese. they like yep. to just fit you into these these ranges. The boxes. Yeah. yeah. And then in the late 90s, the categories were changed. And overnight, 29 million people became obese. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm one I'm night, obese. 29 million people went to bed thinking they were a normal or healthy weight and woke up the next day mm-hmm. obese. Mm-hmm. because they just mm-hmm. decided to change the number because it doesn't mean anything it has no fucking meaning <laughs> it makes me so angry i hate right BMI. so people are putting they're putting the meaning onto this concept but it actually yeah. doesn't have any scientific backing like whatsoever correct so yeah. people are just using this arbitrary number to make judgments about people and their health so i could say janine what's your bmi and then i could make an assumption about your health based on that number yeah and that's so dumb i'm a i'm not a doctor uh b even if i was a doctor i've never seen your medical chart so i have no idea i could be a doctor but i've never seen your medical chart so i have no (laughs) idea if you're actually healthy or not so how are you supposed to yeah exactly Right, right right um Another fun fact is that many researchers in the field of obesity research are financed and funded by the pharmaceutical industry. And they the pharmaceutical are. industry is funded by are. the diet industry. So many yep. of these researchers yep. Yep. have their own diet plans or diet mm-hmm. programs that they sell. So they make money they the more people yep. that are obese. Yep. Yep. Again, yep. and we're just giving in to them. Capitalism. Capitalism. Exactly. Fuck capitalism. Yep. yep. The CDC links higher body weight to a range of health consequences, such as high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, coronary artery disease, osteoarthritis, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. There is mm-hmm. correlated evidence of this, but there is not proof that there is causa- causality in these health outcomes. So there's okay. correlation. So I defined, I decided to define these two terms. Correlation means there's a mutual relationship or connection between the two things. So there's correlation, meaning that if you have a higher weight, there is a relationship between, or people who with higher weight, there is a relationship with people who also have higher blood pressure. There is not, however, a relationship of cause and effect. They've never been able to prove that being a higher body weight causes this higher. health problem yeah sorry overweight is falling into diet culture my bad a, no it's okay larger, it's fine okay okay yeah a larger body larger body because then a large body doesn't mean 
overweight has a negative stigma to it where a larger body. Yeah. It doesn't have any connotation. So there are several other possibilities on why a higher body weight may be correlated to these health consequences. One of them is cardiovascular fitness. One study found that low cardio fitness levels lead to high mortality rates in people with higher BMIs, but people with higher cardio fitness had an, had even mortality rates across body sizes. So if you had good cardio fitness, your mortality rate is the same as anybody else at the same body size. Right. Right. Um, People who are overweight or obese, according to the BMI with active cardiovascular fitness actually had a lower mortality rate. So there wasn't a statistical significance, but that they did find that they actually had a lower mortality rate. So if you're in a bigger body, but you still had good cardiovascular fitness, your mortality rate is lower than a person in smaller body or a yeah you know that makes sense to me because if you're taking care of your heart and whatever size body you are if you're taking care of all of your systems internally then that is what's going to dictate what your mortality rate is and obviously genetics have a factor in this and you know other things have a factor in this but you know if if you're walking you look at what is required to what is what requirements do you have to keep your body alive blood pumping right. to your brain yeah right as long so as your blood is pumping your to your brain yeah your heart is you know obviously you need oxygen too but so all of this correlates yeah to longevity yeah. totally and food doesn't impact those directly there's no cause and effect between the food you eat and your ability to breathe or your ability to have good heart function. Um, even with the clogged arteries and stuff. So I, I think, so this fact says that there's no, it's not cause and effect it's correlation. Oh, right. Okay. So that's why you had the definition yeah. of correlation. Okay. Right. I got it. So even when we were it. talking, we were making fun of people with, uh, in those meat pulp diets and honestly like we were wrong stop it we were wrong they could have all that meat and we don't know what their arteries look like because there is no cause and effect see like that's what i'm saying diet culture is so ingrained into us that we don't even even know that we're talking about even being self-aware yeah it makes us better but it doesn't make us perfect no, nothing makes us perfect. We're all imperfect and right. we're just doing our best. Yes. Type 2 diabetes is linked to body size, but there is suggested research that genetics or chronic dieters or chronic dieting plays more into type 2 diabetes. So that fluctuation of fats, like big yeah. body, little body, big Small. body, like, yep. Yep. yep, it's just fucking with your internal systems. I could see But that. again, yep. we talked about how your body's hormonal hormones change. Yes. So yeah, you could just be fucking with your ability to produce glucose in your body. Because you're the hormonal shifts that are happening and yeah, Yeah. all that stuff. Yep. So weight stigma can lead to negative stereotypes about a person. 
based on their body size, as well as an increase in body dissatisfaction, which is the leading risk factor in the development of an eating disorder. Since the rise of national obesity prevention campaigns, weight stigma incidences have increased by 66%. I'm sure. Yeah. I would also be curious to see what the suicide rate right or mental health well. um, yeah like the yeah the mm-hmm. mental health diagnoses yeah because mm-hmm. it all plays into it it all plays into it exactly because your self-worth is um if you have that, a negative you know, body image that's so yeah. related to your mental health totally yeah so now we're going to go into health at every size Oh, okay. go ahead. You look like you had more to say. No, I was just gonna. I was just. It's so. It's just so interesting to me how all of these things have evolved, and it's like still so prevalent, and it's almost gotten worse because of social media and because of we can see this on. You know, it's not. There's just, no escape from it. No, there's no escape from it, and now there's there's filters on all social media, so people are using filters. Photoshop, you know, there's, there's all of these just unrealistic standards that are put out, you know, onto the internet and we're consuming all this information and seeing all this information, but it, it's not even necessarily true information, but our, our brain doesn't know the difference between if this is true or if this is false. It's just, it's just processing, you know, sensory. Um, yeah. Stuff. So, so that's yeah. going to be the last after health at every size. We're going to talk about how to fight diet culture, which I think we, it talks about being aware of who you follow on social media yeah, and the content that you take in on social media. And maybe also if you need to get rid of some toxic people in your life, you know what I mean? Like maybe think about that. So, Um, and I, my like personal take on getting rid of toxic people, because I'm not a confrontation person and a lot of people aren't, it's just do more of surrounding yourself with people who make you happy and naturally Mm -hmm. the people who don't make you happy will fall to the wayside they'll they'll filter yeah so you don't have to make it uh confrontational or no 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 yeah you you again with those like follow your body follow your mental health follow your emotions who makes you you honestly don't even have to tell the person right you don't even have to tell them just no yeah because you still want to give them room to change too like they're going to change based if enough people stop hanging out with them, they're going to change because they need that social interaction and you're not making them feel bad about themselves. Right. You're, you're allowing just, you're them simply, to self-reflect and, and you're find making their that own, own choice way. for yourself also. Yeah. You're, you're making all I can do yeah. is protect my mental health. All you can Correct. do is protect your mental health. Right. Right. It's not my job to make you feel good or bad. No. it's my job to be who I am and yes. I hope because we're friends I produce positive feelings in you and vice versa right like exactly. it's just yeah it doesn't have to be dramatic people <laughs> want to be so dramatic come on we need some more drama in our lives Michelle like just That's who I'm totally let's drama fine. it up I'm being sarcastic I know I don't, there I don't are, want there are some people though who really do live that life and I can't all right Health at Every Size. So there's a book. 
by a lady named Linda Bacon, which I think is hilarious that her last name is Bacon. That's the <laughs> only reason I remember Bacon. this. Yeah. Um, but she has a book called Health at Every Size. And I started like- listening to it. And on, I just on, got on, bored on- with it on Audible. Okay. It's just, it's so factual. But it's really good. I would listen to like maybe a chapter and then read something else and then listen to another chapter later. You know, like it's not something I could listen to. Listen to just, yeah. Continuously. Nonstop. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's too much facts. Too many facts. Okay. Got it. Um, okay. But super good. That is not where I got this information from. Um, I got it from a website. But because that book is also also like two inches thick maybe not two inches an inch and a half thick and so that's a lot of reading yes so the five basic principles. actual yeah and i didn't even want to like skim through it it was a whole thing the five basic principles of health at every size movement is weight inclusivity mm-hmm. accept and respect the inherent diversity of body shapes and sizes and reject the idealizing of specific weights okay i like that yes yeah Number two, health enhancement. Support health policies that improve and equalize access to information, services, and personal practices that improve human well-being, including attention to individual physical, economic, social, spiritual, and emotional, and other needs. So we we don't haven't really gone into this or even touched on this. And if I looked at how health and diet culture affects different socioeconomic groups Uh, that's like a whole nother five episodes yeah Um, so I didn't touch on it but I just want to point out you know we talk about eating healthy and if you look at what those healthy foods are they're typically not foods that store for a long period of time they're more expensive so someone who's does not have the means to buy those foods for their families or are limited on how much money they have to spend on food yes this is not even a poor person, I'm using air quotes, um, people with disabilities are only given so much money a month to live off of. So they're also limited to food stamps and stuff like that. It's not just people who don't want to work. I'm talking to the, you know, there's the conservatives and rights, right wing people who may think that, oh, poor people, they've made it that way. Fine. There are people who have not made that choice to be poor, like someone with a disability and they're still stuck there. So no, one, that's not true. B, if you don't, or two, if you don't believe me that it's not true, I just provided another example of someone who does not have a choice. They cannot right. work for themselves and they're subject to having these limitations and yes. what kind of foods they can buy. Right. Not to right. mention that a lot of disabilities, like even Down syndrome, they have a tendency to have bigger bodies and have um, a lot of weight concerns and they don't have the access to the healthy foods, quote unquote. This is right. So they're often prescribed more fruits, more vegetables, low carb diets just for their health because there is some heart conditions that can come with that as part of their disability. and they're being prescribed these things, but they can't necessarily afford these things. And so that's right, right. just just something to think about. Just some food for thought. Right. <laughs> you know, because people with disabilities are so 
pun not intended, but I guess I'm so smart. <laughs> Michelle is so punny. She just puns it up all the time. She doesn't even know. I love, I love puns. They're my favorite. If anyone wants to send me random puns, you will make my day. And Michelle's title game is on point. Michelle comes up with all of our titles for the most part. I do my best. Because I, I like the way. I'm just like, if I can be- I'm going to. Here's some facts, title, title, title. And Michelle's like, no, no, no. How about try this? And I'm like, ooh, I like that so much better. <laughs> I like that a lot. I try to be yeah. funny because it's just yeah. a giggle for me. <laughs> anyway, so health enhancements. Uh, make sure that uh, the health at every size goes into like our political and social systems too to try to have better right. Because it's at every responses. size. So it's at every every level that there is so socioeconomic yeah, it, it's about it's, it's about maslow's lowest hierarchy not of basic needs yeah it's right? not based on class or political spectrum it should not be political at all but it right. these are things that you based... need to think about yeah yes it's yes, basic yes. it's a basic human need However, that has been turned into like a political thing. Don't even get me started. I know. If you don't know anything about Maslow's hierarchy of need, go to the website, unlimitedgrowability.com and find the blog post about Maslow's hierarchy. Yes. Yep. Yep. Michelle will tell you all about it. Yeah, I did go into that. And I see more in my future um, where I'll be referencing Maslow's hierarchy. Excellent. Also, it's eating for well-being. So promote flexible, individualized eating based on hunger, satiety, mm-hmm. so be- being full, feeling full, being nutritional right. needs, pleasure, and pleasure, rather than externally regulated eating plan focused on weight control. So focus okay. on eating when you're hungry, stopping to eat when you're full, Right. go on those nutritional needs that you need. Remember, I used to get meat headaches. You guys always made fun of me. But I, if I got a certain headache, I knew that I needed some cheese. Like, I needed red meat. I don't know what it was. It's probably, it was you, okay. you maybe had an iron deficiency and that was causing you to have a headache, maybe. I mean, maybe it's very possible. Like, yeah. But, like, it was yeah. when we were in college. So, coming across, I like, know. good quality we, meat was super hard. I have we a meat fast- headache. <laughs> She would seriously though, no, but I would eat a cheeseburger or something and it would go away. I know, I know, but listen, we love you, okay? But it was just funny when it was just funny how you said it. That's all. That's all that I'm laughing at, okay? Guys, I have a meat headache. I just I need some meat. I just need some meat in my life. And I took it, I always take it the other way too, which <laughs> so. you had to make it sexual, didn't you? take uh, always always okay janine's brain lives out. in the gutter cut it out <laughs> yeah cut it out cut it wait cut <laughs> cut it out <laughs> that's right that's right melens a little you'll, joey you'll know you. you'll know you'll know who we're talking about okay okay so then respectful care so acknowledge our biases and work toward to end weight discrimination weight stigma and weight bias Provide information and services from an understanding that socioeconomic status, race, gender, sexual orientation, age, and other identities impact weight stigma and support environments that address these inequalities. Mm -hmm. So you want to, again, like we talked about with 
the socioeconomic differences, um, the race differences. Another big one. So diets are really whitewashed. Um, if you look as like a There's culture a lot of that are whitewashed. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's food, the healthy food, quote unquote, doesn't yeah. involve a lot of culturally significant foods to other races. So brown right. rice, right? Brown yeah. rice. Right. Well, what about right. Mexican rice? What about grits? Like all those things are seen as less healthy right. than brown rice. But that's mm-hmm. culturally, that's it's not, it, yeah, it's not fair. You're, we're essentially taking out whole cultures and saying that right. this is the best way to eat. But it's, if you look at the culture of the, that those foods come from, it's usually white based cultures. Yeah. When they're, they're sick, where they're coming up with this, this is what's healthy um, versus this is not what's healthy or whatever. It's yeah. the white cultures that are saying those foods are not healthy, right? Yes. That, yeah. But even even in even in America where we have um, a pretty healthy diversity, I mean, not super healthy diversity, but we have a good diversity of people around our country. Mm-hmm. Um, the South as a culture yeah. has different foods. Right. And a lot of their foods are labeled as bad or unhealthy. Right. Correct. Yep. Grits, hush puppies, um, fr- fried you know, chicken, fried chicken, sweet tea. Yeah. You know, we talked about how sweet tea is going to be in their liter of soda. Um, you know, they're drinking sweet tea and we talked about the amount of sugar that that's in that, you know, but like we did. And if you're looking at, um, the little like if you're looking at the data right if you if you look at the map of the united states and in the terms of the healthiest states or whatever um like colorado's like up there for healthy states like but i think right and i would say that it's not about the food that people eat it's about no, the it's, amount it's of, of outside, life people it's also spend the, time the outside lifestyle. correct yeah and do and do physical activity that burns that just naturally burns a lot of calories but it brings people joy right and so it's just right and people but also if i lived if i lived in the south sorry to interrupt you if i lived in the south i'm not fucking going outside you know it's gross and it's so humid and the mosquitoes are terrible and there's animals that could eat me like i'm not cool with that i get that I, so I, I, I can understand, I understand like what you're saying. Like, I get that. I hope that our listeners do too. Like just to understand how even in our country, there are so many different climates and cultures and it's not fair to say that one way is better than another. Right. I think all everything should be valid, right? We're talking, yeah. if you're, if you look at the step four, I think you said we're, we're all just trying to respectful care, respect, respect yep. everybody um, and for their body and for their journey. Yes. And, and acknowledge where we see those stigmas being used negatively and support right. companies, initiatives that work to 
lessen those stigmas. Yes. Right. Number five is life-enhancing movement. Support physical activity that allows people of all sizes, abilities, and interests to engage in enjoyable movement to the degree that they choose. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's decided that movement's important. So we need to help people do that in a way that they find enjoyable, whatever that is. Go ahead. What about what? Um, what about people who are just like moving like so much, you know what I mean? And like not consuming enough food, like over, over working. I think they have to follow their, I think they have to follow their body there. You can overuse exercise. Right. Okay. But if your body is cool with that, then cool. It comes when you say, I'm thinking of someone who lived with us freshman year who exercised more than I think humanly possible, especially for freshman year of college. Um, oh, were they on the floor with us? I know who you're yes, about. Yes. Yeah. And they were on my end of the floor. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and they exercised so much, but they also rationed how much food they could have. That's where the problem That's, came in. That was the problem. Yeah. They also would skip social events that they wanted to go to for to exercise. Go work out. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So again, it's just an unhealthy relationship. Right. You need to find balance in everything. Right. Right. So health at every size is a relatively new philosophy. So there's not a lot of research about how it benefits people. Because most literature starts in the early 2000s. So we maybe have 20 years of literature on it, 22 years. Okay. And so that's yeah. in the grand scheme of things. That's not really a lot of research. Um, it has an emphasis on body function over body appearance. So again, what can your body do? We talked about this in our last episode right. versus what right. it looks like. Right. So because it's so new, it still has limitations. Health at every size isn't super inclusive yet it does focus on white females with a history of an eating disorder or, you know, it, it focuses on us. So I yeah, think the I body, like, pos- uh, yeah, us. Yeah. I think the body yeah. positivity movement does way better at being more inclusive. Yeah. I but I so do too, think that health at every size is a good, a good start. Be a good starting point, a good starting yeah. point, but, um, yeah, I would like to see it be more inclusive and, and um, I would, I mean, I would just like everything to be more inclusive, you know what I mean? But um, with baby steps and it change, change takes a while to show up. Um, yeah. And we are in this, this transition period right now. That's crazy. We're in a crazy transition period for so many things. Um, and this, you know, the diet culture is just one of those one of the many one of the many moving parts that's going on right now um i mean we definitely have a culture. huge revolutionary we're in a revolutionary moment in history oh we're in a oh yeah yeah when it comes to a lot it's of different totally topics shift. yeah it's also just totally it's going to be very interesting when we see how we get spit out on the other side and technology is a big part of this. 
everybody. Yes. So just buckle your seatbelts. There's some crazy shit coming. It's already here, but it's going to be more mainstream yes. in the next uh, five to 10 years, I'm predicting. So we've got this as proof uh, podcast and they Oof. published dates. Janine so is making a prediction. Making a, an educated prediction. It is um, marked and dated. Check. It's dated. Check. Okay. I want to read one limitation about health at every size. Okay. That is quoted from an article. So I'm only saying it because I'm literally quoting this whole paragraph verbatim. I think it's super interesting. It is from the National Library of Medicine. And the article was titled, The Health at Every Size Paradigm and Obesity. Missing Empirical Evidence That May Help Push the Reframing Obesity Debate Forward. The focus in health at every size is on reducing restrictions of food intake and the attention paid to health behaviors in favor of a more intuitive process. This is seen as connecting individuals more firmly with their internal cues of hunger and satiety. And although it may improve psychological well-being, is it an appropriate population health approach if one considers our current obesogenic environment? So it's kind of saying there's not a lot of research like we talked about. And do we really know if this is going to help people live longer or is this just another fad? So I wanted to put that in there as an option to see both sides of the story and to not say this is the best way ever, but to say that it's not perfect, but it really does makes sense as far as I'm concerned. All the research shows that there isn't a lot that obesity has. Obesity doesn't have a lot of negative effects and we've just kind of twisted it to make it this most important thing in the world and it's just not. So now we're going to talk about diet culture, how to fight it. So I said The more we focus on weight, the more we start creating an us first them mentality, which we talked about during our cult episode as having some dangerous outcomes. So we start to think of ourselves as less if we don't look a certain way. That is going to have a lot of negative effects, like we talked about on our mental health. And it plays into that us first them, which is just the more we have us first them in our society, the more problems we're going to find. And I think we're just going to have more violence and other negative outcomes so we gotta get rid of that us first them probably more of a divide also than we have right now yeah we don't need a divide so i got all this information from a great article from npr that basically says diet culture is everywhere so here's how to fight it and it was written by andy tagle and claire marie schneider And then it had some insights from Vergie Tovar, a San Francisco-based author and public speaker. Identify and question the diet culture message, method. I can't talk. Think about how diet culture makes you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror and when looking at social media. Look at how other people treat us and listen to value judgments on food or bodies. So that we kind of talked about that. Just being aware is going to help you fight and break diet culture. Yes, be aware. Yeah, just the more you're aware, the more you can make changes 
internally and change your thinking methods and just change and like change their perspective or have more information right so when we have more information hopefully we do better and we can right when you know when you know better do better yes right yeah also look at institutional fat phobias so look at the ease in which you can navigate society because of your look consider chairs doorways and seatbelts. so a big one is plain seats yeah yeah or even stadium seating is pretty uncomfortable yeah yeah because i'm not even that large of a body you're not and it is super uncomfortable to sit in most stadium seats i it's uncomfortable for me to sit in an airplane and because it's like my i'm always like my because my shoulder i'm i have broad shoulders yes i have broad shoulders. so you're always like in someone else's space or then you have to like i have to like crunch up and yes and get your shoulders together yeah yeah and then you're super uncomfortable you can't fall asleep because and then you like get cramps in your shoulders and your neck and it's very stressful yeah it is but so that's a very good like showing and then just think of like standard chairs in a doctor's office or if you go out to eat just think about those chairs and how they might affect someone with a different body size. Or those benches that you see that they make like the, the butt marks in it because they it's actually to deter um, homeless people from sleeping right. on them. But they they make it standard standardized. Quote, I'm using quotes here. Yeah, but that's not me, how not every not, person's body no. fits in those on a seat. Right, right. So like... And so you're limiting the amount of people that can use those seats just based on how they are designed and that they are designed for not all bodies. They're just designed for a very specific body body. Exactly. Yeah. It's also important to be intentional with your language. So we talked about this earlier. You look great. Have you lost weight implies that weight Mm -hmm. loss is better. And right. that they've improved and also their that they body looked, because they've looked. That they didn't look good before. Yeah, they looked they bad before. But, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because right, right. the opposite of you looking great is you looking bad. Hey, you look like shit. Oh, oh exactly. I'm sorry. You're looking good now. You're looking, you lost some weight. You're looking good now. So. Mm. Yeah. Commenting on someone's body can be dangerous, especially if you don't know their history. Avoid body talk and choose to focus on something that someone did intentionally. We talked about that. Uh, outfit choices, accessories, their garden, their wonder, hobbies. Question. Do you think like, so, you know, even though I'm in my biggest body that I've ever been in before, I feel like I'm like way more confident than I've ever been also because I'm more accepting of like who I am as a person and accepting of my body and like of what my body does for me and all this stuff. And so like could i make a like if somebody was like oh you just you just seem like more confident these days but that doesn't necessarily i'm not necessarily that's not alluding to your size yeah i don't think that's a so that's that's alluding to their how they're presenting state of mind or like oh yeah your aura almost yeah feeling like you're you're just strutting your stuff today i also agree with that okay like in terms of i feel way more confident and who I am and my decisions yeah. yeah. right now being in the largest body I've also ever been in. Right. 
yes, we have much more confidence. We're not that old, but yes, right. we've developed but confidence. I would, I would say that that journey didn't start for me until I was over 30, right? Like I didn't start to fully. Um, 35. I think I started at 35. Okay. I think I started two years ago in 2020 is kind of when I started having, when I made that yeah. shift. Yeah. 2020 was a good, good time for me too. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go against the grain and I know 2020 was really bad for the whole world, but for me personally, yeah. 2020 yeah, it's pretty good for me. really was really good for my personal growth. Yeah. It was good for personal growth. Exactly. And just like, yes. Yeah. So I yeah. don't, I don't have any, I understand how someone else could hate 2020. Yeah. I'm just saying that 2020 was a great year for me. Unpopular opinion. And I agree with that unpopular opinions. Another way to fight diet culture is to heal your relationship with food. Food isn't bad or good. Learn about intuitive eating. So that's a really great deep dive. If you want to really try to have a healthier relationship with food is look up intuitive eating and intuitive eating social media influencers it's uh, there's one lady I follow and she talks about yeah she's like you know because I want to eat it and she'll do things like I talked about where she's having but you know that frozen banana nice cream yeah and yeah. she's like this is fine to eat but so is this and it's a big fat ice cream sundae like they're both okay. fine you know and sh and so those right. things are really really helpful because they teach you ways to learn to trust your body and eat what you're craving and honor your hunger. Okay. I like So that. the other day I was really craving cinnamon sugar and it was funny because I ended up by buying cinnamon myself sugar. Yeah, I bought myself a cake yeah. donut, a cinnamon cake donut. You know, so instead of like the powdered okay. sugar, it's like that cinnamon powder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like and it was just like a little cake donut. I was like, this is all I needed to solve my cinnamon. And Robert was super cute. He bought That's... me a cereal that had cinnamon clusters in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he was like, because you said you were craving cinnamon. So that was super nice and super helpful. That like yeah, he also. Sweet. Yeah. He also learned to honor my hunger. So 42 million honor people my, honor, honor my hunger. hunger. <laughs> In 2021, 42 million people. Oh, no, I didn't write if it was in the U.S. or the world. I'm guessing the world have food insecurity, which leads to inconsistent access to food. So that's a huge... Right way to fight diet culture in terms of again understanding the differences in people understanding that not everyone has access to food don't take it for granted don't think that because you're able to buy the quote-unquote healthy foods and eat a salad that everyone else should also eat a salad because some people aren't able to eat a salad and you know with the the pandemic that has also um affected food supply like there's supply chain shortages with with lots of things and food is part of that um and so um 
you're right. We should not take anything for granted ever um, because not everybody has the same access to the things that we have access to. So yeah. yeah. I and I think a way to fight really important. that is to figure out how to help people who may have food insecurity. So if you're able to donate your time or money to a cause yeah. that helps with food insecurity, that is a way to help fight diet culture. Yeah. Yep. And last but not least, befriend your body. When you speak about your body, ask yourself, would I let my best friend say those things about themselves? If the answer is no, mm. then don't freaking talk about yourself like that. We have okay. a we have a very I good can... friend who tells us this. We have a mutual friend who tells us this all the time and says, don't talk about my best friend that way. When we was used to say negative things yes. about ourselves. Yep. We've all gotten better too. And I feel like having people that are in your corner that are supporting you, that are able to say those types of things to you, um, to remind, because to, we're it's so ingrained in our in our in Yeah, our and to that, remind yourself like, hey, don't talk about my best friend that way. Not in a, hey, I'm going to start a fight, yeah. but just in a, hey, don't no, say no, those no. things about my best friend. Thanks and move on. I was joking. I wasn't going to beat her. No, up. I know, but okay. I think we oh, have that. I, and that's <laughs> what I'm saying. But no, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. We have that. Yeah. And I know right. you say it so, in your way, but we know that when people. you say it, yeah, you're not going to fight us. I you just say it with love. intensity because that's who you are. Could I fight you? Yes. Yes. Um, do I want to? No. Also, maybe. Maybe yes. a little. Maybe a little. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little. But not because just we're us, but because she just like wants funsies. to fight somebody. <laughs> just for funsies. Like, I just want to. I actually. She needs I, working I have... on how to emotionally regulate. <laughs> I've been working on that my whole fucking life. Also, listen to its needs and provide it with compassion. Provide those needs with okay. compassion. What does it need? So like you, okay. you pointed out rest sometimes your body needs rest yeah. if your body needs rest provide yes. it with compassion yes and then acknowledge how your body is showing up for you right now lungs are taking oxygen and converting it to carbon dioxide your heart is pumping five liters of blood around your body every minute five liters guys right? that's crazy yeah that's just crazy okay Ew. Okay. I could just pick, I, I just saw a visual. <laughs> you just got like a mental flow of all the blood. I was like five liters of blood lined up in a row. But so... <laughs> I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> Diddly dee. There they are standing in a row. Okay. Okay. We're getting cracky. Michelle, it's almost cracky. 11 o'clock your time. Are you I know. paying attention to this? But don't worry, I'm done. Okay. That was okay, it. Sorry. So I think the most I think the most important thing is just to be aware of what die culture is and make a decision on if it's something you want to play into or not. That's I have right. a friend who's a fitness enthusiast. So but very much still can still has some restrictive eating in terms of like they have like an 80 20 rule where like 80 percent healthy quote unquote 20 percent kind of whatever they want so like there's still yeah. some food restriction in there but they are very much aware but that's the life that they choose to live and that's fine right because that's what they're that's their life and that's how they exactly choose. it's just knowing about the pros and cons and the negative effects 
that buying into diet culture can have on a person is what's most important. So you can make an educated choice right. on your participation in something. Make your Which is all I decisions, care about. everybody, based on the information that we're giving right. you. Okay? Use it or don't. We don't care because we're going <laughs> to do us. All right? Yeah. You do you, boo. Hiya, Janine here. Thank you so much for listening to Unlimited Growability Conversations. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and share on whichever platform you are listening on so you don't miss out on future conversations around our proverbial campfire. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Unlimited Growability, or you can email us at unlimitedgrowability at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, unlimitedgrowability.com, where all of our podcast episodes are linked, as well as the corresponding blog posts. Let's keep this conversation going. Until next time, stay safe out there. <laughs>